most of your decisions will now become better decisions than the, than the wrong decisions. Why? Again, verse of the Quran, Surah Al-Anfal, 29, verse uh, 29, Allah says, O people who believe, uh, if you are God conscious, of, if you are Allah conscious, then Allah will create a criterion for you. He'll, he'll give you a criterion, uh, an ability to discern between good and bad, right and wrong, truth and falsehood. That, what exactly is that? What is the Furqan? Furqan is the light, the spiritual light, the internal light by which you're able to tell the difference between the right and the wrong. What should I do? I just don't have a good feeling about this. Sounds great. I don't have a good feeling though. Okay, this doesn't sound like a very profitable endeavor, but I think I can see some khayr in here. That, that, that sixth sense, right? That, that's, that's what we're talking about from a religious perspective. People have sixth sense to do good business, right? Whether it's a good economy or bad economy. That's a sense for business that some people give. But this is the sense of doing the right thing. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi mubarakan alayhi. Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda jalla jalaluhu wa amma nawaluhu wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidil habibil mustafa sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd. We're going to look at two uh, different aphorisms today, 89 and 90. 89 and 19, that's page 102 and 103 of the book. And they continue with the theme that we discussed last time, which is about our exact relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to expressing our worship and devotion to Him. What exactly is the dynamic there? I found the last class uh, very, very um, insightful uh, and refining our understanding of our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this goes a bit further and bit further and discusses that in a bit more dealings. Now look at what it tells us about Allah. Uh, subhanallah. This is the description of Allah. He says, Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari rahimahullah, may Allah reward him and bless him abundantly. He says, Jalla rabbuna an yu'amilahu al-abdu naqdan fayujaziyahu nasi'atan. Absolutely amazing. Jalla Rabbuna and Yuamilahu Abdu Nakdan Fayujaziahu Nasiatan. Far be it, far be it for our Lord to recompense with credit the servant who deals with him in cash. In other words, Allah is so high above and pure that He would postpone His payment for you when you're dealing with Him in cash. Subhanallah, this is in the business world, if you expect a cash uh, agreement, a cash deal, and then that person would, if I'm giving something in cash, I expect cash in return, meaning I expect immediate payment in return. It is seen as extremely vile and mean and lowly and despicable, then they keep delaying their payment to you, that they postpone their delay, they postpone their payment. Far be it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would ever do that to you. You give him something immediately and then he rewards you only afterwards. 
No, that's not going to be the case. So that's essentially the gist of this. Now today what we're going to learn inshallah, and I've been looking for this for a very long time, is what we're going to look at, some of the big ways in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pays us in this world. What do you mean pay us in this world? Payment sounds like an obligation, right? You owe me something so you pay me for it. Or you want something from me so you pay me for it. No, that's not the payment for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's just the way he wants to frame it so that it incentivizes some people to say that, okay, uh, you give something to Allah, he's going to give you something back. Even though what we give him is actually for our own purpose and for our own benefit, really. It's just being servants, it's just for us being slaves. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just so gracious, so benevolent and so generous that he gives us for what he's told us to do anyway. And then and this one is telling us that he's not going to delay the payment because a lot of people think you'll get it in paradise. But Allah gives amazing amounts in this world. Allah is not like, I'm just going to give you in paradise. That's all I have capability for. Absolutely not. Allah has multiple, infinite number of ways to pay us. And he does do that. So these are just going to be some of the big ways that we're discussing here today, inshallah. So in Arabic, it, there's two words here, naqd and nasi'a. And what naqd means is cash and nasi'a means deferred payment. So that's why he's saying that you're dealing with him in cash, he's keep, he gives you stuff later on. No, it's both in cash. Because this is, his, uh, the, the, the commentary will tell us that وَمِنْ شَأْنِ kareem That any noble person who has the product that you're looking for and you pay him for it, if you buy something for him, he's going to give you that product straight away. He's not going to make you wait. This is the mean people. What they do is that you owe them money. They, let's just say that there's person A who has been so grateful, uh, so, so, so gracious rather, that they lent the other person money when they were in need. This happens a lot. People are in need, so somebody lends them money. They give it to them straight away. And he said, okay, give it to me in three months or six months. The guy goes back in three months, six months. There's no discussion from the other side, even though the time is coming, uh, has come up. The guy waits a, w- a week as well. The guy waits a week as well, but no, no discussion whatsoever. So the lender, he asks the guy, you know, uh, six months are over. So he says, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you. I'm just having a hard time. He's not really having that much of a hard time. He just wants to hold on to it for a bit longer. This is what money does. It's weird. Right, I've taken loans and I know that it feels like, you know, uh, why is he asking me for? Man, what do you mean? Why is he asking you for? It's his money. He gave it to you for six months. Come on, give it back to him. Like, how can you feel bad that he's asking you for his money? He already gave it to you to use for six months. He needs it back now. Oh, he doesn't really need it. He doesn't really need it. Well, even if he doesn't need it, it's his money. How do you know he doesn't need it? I know because I've spoken to his friends. He's got lots of money. Well, it's not your money. It's still his money. And That's why if you ever want to take a loan, take it with the intention of repaying it and try to pay back before the time. Or at least keep them upgraded. Well, I've talked to a lot of people when it comes to loans and they say that the best people are those who keep us updated about their situation. Now, look, I owe you money, inshallah, I'll get it for you. Keep notification. That's very, very important because uh, we, we should help one another. But then the problem with credit is that it breaks a lot of, uh, it, it does cause a lot of hassle. So we have to have husnul ada. We can make mistakes sometimes, but husnul ada means give it to them in time. Then others, what they would do is they would actually make you wait for longer time. Then they would give you, uh, if it was cash, for example, they'd give, in, they'd give you in, they'd basically give you in not what, how you want it. For example, give you in pound notes 
instead of if you owe somebody a hundred pound instead of giving them you know five twenties or something they'll give you like a bunch of fives or coins and and it's all money at the end of the day but it's it's a bit of a, oh they'll tell you go and get it from so and so rather than you doing the hassle to give it to them they'll they'll make them jump through hoops to get it back and that's all wrong so allah is definitely not like that this is the example provided here that allah is not no noble person in the world would do that either they're very on they're very honorable when they would repay when they would pay you what they owe you they would be very honorable so how can you expect allah subhanahu wa ta'ala far be it that allah would ever do anything like that for you so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I mean, how has he done a deal with us? Well, inna Allah ashtara min al-mu'mineen anfusahum wa amwalahum bi anna lahumul jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already purchased from us our nafs and our wealth that I'm going to give you jannah for that. For those who believe, our nafs, I mean, it's all, it's all done, but Allah signifies this as a purchase. Your nafs and your wealth, for you is jannah. You spend and your nafs, you spend in the path of Allah and we're going to give you jannah for that anyway. So now, when we've done that deal with Allah, right? So any of, any of us who's conscious about that fact, and we've done that deal with Allah, then you think He's just going to pay you in Jannah? He's going to pay you Jannah straight away, because Jannah is not just that Jannah. That's the Jannah, of, that's the, uh, the gardens of the hereafter. But there's a Jannah of this world that He can make for you, Hayat and Tayyibah, and He's going to give that to you in this world. Allah is going to give you straight away in this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you multiple gifts. And then he'll, he's got the special gifts of the hereafter as well. So don't focus just on those gifts. Focus on many of the immediate things that you can look out for from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us straight away in this world? And as I said, it's something I've been looking for for a while. And mashallah, I've got a list together today, which is the first, one of the first things is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will start to repel from you more hardships and more difficulties and more things that will irritate you less things will irritate you. Now that could be that you still have difficulties, but they won't irritate you, they won't bother you, they won't make you a, a wreck, they won't make you depressed. You'll be able to deal with it. There'll be a strengthening cause for you. Hardships are actually very good. We don't live for hardships, but when hardships come, they really teach you a lesson. They stabilize you, they balance you out again, they show our vulnerabilities, they reconnect us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they make us actually closer to Allah because we make tawbah, we, we do sabr, and sabr is the, uh, one of the highest things that we can do. So it will remove from you hardships, it will remove from you harm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide you many, 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 many things that will please you. Many benefits He will bring along for you that will give you joy. Why? We take all of this from the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In Surah Al-A'raf, verse 192, 196 actually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of. means to look after and to take care of, to take responsibility for, of the salihin of the righteous ones. There was a, a sheikh in India who's died now, and when I was there in 1999, he was alive, Mufti Munawwar Hussain, uh, Mufti Munawwar Hussain, his name was, Rahimahullah, uh, in Madrasa Madahir Uloom. He was speaking about his father, whose name was Maulana Yahya, and he was just speaking one day that my father was so particular, he used to be a teacher in the Madrasa, he used to take a very, very basic salary. It just reminded me of the story of Abu Bakr an, when he was forced to take a salary from the state because no longer could he focus on his business anymore when he became the Khalif. So he took a small amount 
And his wife, mashallah, she managed to save a bit, 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 pennies, 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 pennies until she finally saved enough money after I don't know how many days or weeks or months or whatever it was to make a sweet dish. And he's like, where do you get this money from? I saved it. He went and decreased that amount. His father was like that. Somebody must have said to him one day, what are you going to leave for your children? What are you going to leave for your children? Because he did the same thing. He would get rid of all excess from his house. We can't live that. It's very difficult. Um, he said, what are you going to leave for your children? He said, I've taught them Allah. I've taught them about Allah. I've tried to make them salihin. And Allah says in the Quran, Allah says, وَهُوَ يَتَوَلَّ salihin." Allah looks after the salihin, so they're in the trust of Allah. I don't need to worry about them. Subhanallah. That, that, that's, that's, that's amazing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says uh, for the same thing, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ This is the second place we get this understanding from. In Surah Al-Talaq, verse 2 and 3, Allah says, Whoever fears Allah, meaning whoever is God conscious, whoever is doing this for the sake of Allah, Allah will create an opening for him, an exit. From whatever difficulty he has, Allah will create an exit. Psychological exit, physical exit, multiple ways you will be exiting from there. And then Allah will provide you from where you never imagined. Allah will provide you from where you would never imagine that something is going to come from there and suddenly it comes. I'm not joking. This is absolutely correct. Absolutely serious. What Allah has the ability to provide from where you never imagine that something would come from and Allah suddenly provides it like, wow. What, what uh, the author is saying here, what Ibn Ajiba is saying here, is that this benefit will run into your progeny as well. You being pious is not just limited to you, your own benefit. Inshallah, this will benefit your progeny to come. Uh, I'm telling you this from experience that it's wonderful having somebody up there in your family, you know, in hindsight now, that got it right. It is amazing that we are benefiting from that. May Allah reward those people. So now if you don't have that and you feel deprived of that, well, you be the person that somebody in a generation or two or three or four will thank you for that. That's, that's very, very important. Like I really thank my grandparents who I knew. And they were an amazing, you know, tarbiyah and amazing, you know, I think piety. Allahu Akbar. So I think I'm benefiting from some of their du'as. I'm benefiting from some of that. So why shouldn't I be thankful? And then why shouldn't we do that, continue that chain on and build on that? So all of this will benefit your children as well. There's multiple stories of that. Imam Halwani used to sell, his father used to be a sweet seller, mitai seller. But he just used to be very good with the ulama when he used to go, when, whenever ulama would come or whatever, he would just be very good with them. Uh, respect for the deen, essentially. And he wasn't a scholar or anything. He was just a sweet seller. Right. And then, mashallah, his son becomes one of the greatest jurists that he's known until today. And we read his, uh, his statements and we benefit from his works. 
There's many, many even more recent examples of this. It's amazing what this, what this does, this connection of the deen. Okay, that's the first thing that Allah will give you ease and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove difficulties from you. Number two, مَا يُشْرِكُ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْأَنْوَارِ وَيَكْشِفُ لِقَلْبِهِ مِنَ الْأَسْرَارِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you illuminations, will grant you light. That's understanding of various different things and uh, you get it now. You get what life is all about. If anybody understands what life and the hereafter is about, that is the secret of this world. Because the, the reason why people are heedless and everything is because they've not understand what the reality is. So they're going after the wrong things. Their pursuit is in the wrong direction. And you can't have the right pursuit unless you get that awareness of what is the reality, what is the real purpose and objective of this world. Then only can you reorient your car. If you don't know the destination, you're going to keep going into the wrong, wrong direction. And when you find the right direction, you put that in your, you know, in your uh, navigation program. And then it'll tell you which way to go. Now it's up to you whether you want to go that way. You're still, you know, you're still distracted by something or not. But at least you know which way to go now. So everything starts with the knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then reveal to you the secrets. What do you mean by secrets? Secrets are the realities that a lot of people are veiled from. You'll get an understanding of what to do and to make the right decisions so you don't make silly decisions in life. Most of your decisions will now become better decisions than the, than the wrong decisions. Why? Again, verse of the Quran, Surah Al-Anfal, 29, uh, 29, Allah says, Ya O people who believe, uh, if you are God conscious, of, if you are Allah conscious, then Allah will create a criterion for you. He'll, he'll, he'll give you a criterion, uh, an ability to discern between good and bad, right and wrong, truth and falsehood. That, what exactly is that? What is the Furqan? Furqan is the light the spiritual light, the internal light by which you're able to tell the difference between the right and the wrong. What should I do? I just don't have a good feeling about this. Sounds great. I don't have a good feeling though. Okay, this doesn't sound like a very profitable endeavor, but I think I can see some khayr in here. That, that, that sixth sense, right? That, that's, that's what we're talking about from a religious perspective. People have sixth sense to do good business, right? Whether it's a good economy or bad economy. That's a sense for business that some people give. But this is the sense of doing the right thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says in another verse, Surah Al-Baqarah 282, You be God conscious and Allah will teach you. Allah will give you the required knowledge. So you get promised the required knowledge as well. Then Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 257, Allahu We read that every week, don't we? Allahu Waliyu Allah is the wali, is the caretaker, is the one responsible uh, for those who believe, and he will extract them from the darknesses and send them to the light. That's all the benefits. Right? That's all the benefits that you'll get in this world. It's not just about paradise in the hereafter and seeing him in the hereafter. In this world you get these benefits. What, what does it mean by taking you out of the darkness to the light? What kind of darkness? Multiple types of darkness. يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنْ ظُلْمَةِ الْكُفْرِ Number one, take you away from kufr and everything related to kufr. There's many people who are Muslim, but they do 
almost like kufri deeds that will be protected from kufr like deeds you'll be protected from that you'll be much more conscious of doing imani deeds imani actions imani behavior you'll be more satisfied with that there's a lot of people on the edge they don't feel confident enough to do the good deeds because they want to fit in somehow the focus is wrong focus is wrong none of that will become a problem anymore Another one, وَمِن ظُلُمَّةِ الْمَعْصِيَةِ إِلَى نُورِ الطَّاعَةِ Allah will eventually also take you out of the darkness of bad deeds and disobedience to the light of obedience of good deeds. Allah make that easy for us. ظُلْمَةِ الْغَفْلَةِ إِلَى نُورِ الْيَقَضَةِ The darkness of this heedless sleep and slumber we're in, of this uh, running after uh, the wrong thing for too long. And Allah will make us awake and conscious. That's the light of consciousness Allah will give us. Allah will make us deeper people. Rather than those just focused on the external, Allah will allow us to understand the reality of the internal, of the substance and the essence of things. Rather than just looking at the outward glamour of things, you'll get an understanding of real meaning. And that's very important to understand real meaning. People respect people with meaning. People respect others who have a, who have a sub, uh, substance in their life, who focus on the right thing. And then he says, وَمِن ظُلْمَةِ الْكَوْنِ إِلَىٰ نُورِ الْمُكَوِّنِ Or نُورِ الْمُكَوِّنِ You can read it either way. And from the darknesses of the created beings to the light of the, the giver of all of these creations. That the focus will become easier to uh, it'll become easier to focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather than get too excited by worldly things. So these are all the benefits. Okay. Another benefit in this world that Allah will provide, another gift is amaliha. You will be constantly given enablement to do good deeds. So before you do them, you'll be inspired to do them. You heard about a Turkey earthquake, obviously you haven't donated, you'll be inspired to donate. It'll just be easier for you to, do, uh, to donate whereas it wasn't before. Because before you felt, oh, I need the money for myself, or I'm not sure if I've got the capability or not. Now it's like, I'm going to give it. Whatever happens, that's very, very important. The seriousness of that situation, the magnanimity of it, the blessing of giving, and the urge and the compassion and everything will just come together and he's like, I have to give this. I'll deal with anything else later on. So before you do the action, you'll get the tawfiq for it, which means you do the action. Such that eventually you can become capable and qualified to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. La ilaha illallah. And this is where we go into the next aphorism. Ibn Ata'illah says, Ibn Ata'illah says, and this is in number 90, he says, Kafa min jazaihi iyaka ala ta'ati an radiyaka laha ahlan. Wow. Kafa min jazaihi iyaka ala ta'ati an radiyaka laha ahlan. I remember the first time I read this, it just explained everything. What is he saying here? Ibn Ata'illah is saying, suffice it as a recompense to you 
for obedience that he has judged you worthy of the obedience. Okay, let me simplify that. Just think it is sufficient that, you know when you do an obedience, just think it is sufficient for you as a reward for that, that Allah gave you the ability to do it in the first place. That is the greatest of the rewards of you doing the obedience. That is not circular reasoning. It's like you do the obedience and you're looking for reward and somebody's telling you the fact that you, you were able to even do that, that's a reward in itself. Like how is that a reward in itself? Because a lot of other people don't get that ability to do it. So isn't that a reward for you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That's amazing. And since that day, I didn't bother thinking about the reward for it as much. I was just like, well, you know what? Ya Allah, you gave me the tawfiq for this. That's a reward enough, subhanAllah. That's amazing. I mean, can you see how much that just clicks and puts it right for us? So no longer are you doing it for the wrong reasons. Of course, Allah rewards you. You're no longer wondering like, what is he going to give me? He's already given it to you that he let you do it and hundreds and thousands of other people have not been able to do it. And he, get, he chose you to do it, subhanAllah. So let's look at that one, number 90 on page 103. Uh, subhanAllah. It says, La ilaha illallah. Now think about this. You know, higher level people, when they need to hire someone, everybody wants to work for them. Right? Because you get better salaries and you get better conditions and you know, there's a lot of bonuses that comes with and a lot of frills that come with. So, essentially, somebody in that position get, gets to choose who they want. They get to choose who they want because there's multiple candidates, right? So they get to choose who they want. Whoever they choose feel extremely honored, don't they? A number of these top universities in the world, right? There's thousands of students trying to get in. And similar to Darulum Deoban, Darulum Karachi, I see the same thing. Literally, there are thousands that try to get in. And then a few get chosen. Those that don't get chosen, they have to go somewhere else. You get literally a few, few get chosen from these places. So you feel extremely honored, don't you? Right, that you've been chosen to be accepted. So with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Because a sovereign king, a sultan, usually will not give a job uh, will not take in his employment and service except the one he wants to honor. We don't see that nowadays, but in the times of kings and so on. I mean, actually we do see it, but in the wrong way. Right? They give it to their own cronies. They give the jobs to their own cronies. They give the jobs to their own people to make the lots of money and get the big contracts. That's a negative side of it. But in general, they give it to people that they want to honor somehow. La ilaha illallah. Nobody with Allah can actually enter his court without him wanting to, wanting to ennoble him. With Allah, there is no cronyism. There's only what Allah wants. So there's nobody who can enter into the court of Allah in his service, in the world, and of course in the hereafter, except the ones who want, he wants to give some reverence to, he wants to give some honor to. Nobody can be attributed to him except the people of goodness and grace and benevolence. So that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose us, inshaAllah. He chooses people. And look, this comes from the Quran. Allah says in Surah An-Nur, verse 21, 
Had it not been for the grace and his and rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would not have purified any of you. He purifies us because he wants to honor us. He wants to honor us. You want to share that with somebody else? Well, go and tell them that they also can be chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if they do certain things. It's very simple and scientific. You do your best, Allah will choose you. You do it in the right way. You don't make the mistakes. And Allah will choose you. So, فَالتَّوْفِيقُ لَهَا أَعْظَمُ مِنَّةٍ وَأَكْبَرُ جَزَاءٍ That's why we can conclude from all of this that anybody who gets the tawfiq and enablement to do a good deed, any kind of devotion to Allah, that is a gift and one of the greatest forms of rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give you already. You don't have to worry about any reward afterwards. And why is that? Because it will, this particular thing of you doing a good deed and Allah choosing you to do it, it will give you, uh, this means three things. It incorporates within it, number one, tasheehun nisbati li mawlahu You're able to now say that I've got some connection and attribution to Allah because I prayed to Him. That's an amazing feeling, isn't it? That I did something for Allah. It's, it's supposed to give you a boost rather than somebody who feels miserable because they can't do anything. They don't get around to doing it. They feel, they feel that they want to do it, but they can't do it. They want to do it, but they can't do it. I've met people who said for so many years, I did so well, and then some things happened in life. They didn't know how to manage their difficulties. And then what happened is that they fell and said, I don't do any dhikr anymore. I want to do it, but I, don't, I can't do it anymore. May Allah save us from that kind of pit, that kind of uh, falling into that kind of a trench. But when a person does something for Allah, then... Uh, one of the things that you can say, at least I'm, I'm connected to Allah somehow. Number two, wujudul ikbali alayhi bi You can say that you have some attention to Allah, and Allah has some attention to you because He let you do that thing. So you can say, okay, Alhamdulillah, Allah is attentive to me. He let me pray. He let me do this. And number three, at least you can say that I am expressing some kind of servitude. I'm there now. At least I'm at least fulfilling a bit of my servitude that I'm supposed to do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best with all of this. That's and then the other thing, the other benefit that you get from this when you uh, when Allah gives you the tawfiq to do this is ma yaridu ala qalbihi hala amaliha min al bihi wal when you do the good deeds and you feel close to Allah and now friendliness, that familiarity, that comfort with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that comes about, you don't feel estranged anymore, you don't feel abandoned anymore, you don't feel like an outcast, you actually feel like, I'm there somewhere now, I'm there somewhere, you feel that familiarity. That's another benefit you get. And inshallah with that, we'll continue uh, with that discussion next time. Uh, the next one is, Kafa. كَفَ الْعَامِلِينَ جَزَاءً مَا هُوَ فَاتِحُهُ عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ فِي طَاعَتِهِ وَمَا هُوَ مُورِدُهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ مُوْجُودِ مُؤَانَسَتِهِ So that's the next aphorism where he discusses some of the additional benefits which we'll do next time. But since I've read it, it says, It suffices as a reward for the doers of good that Allah has inspired obedience to him in their hearts and brought upon them the existence of reciprocal intimacy. That means that you feel good and Allah will, would treat you well as well for, for that benefit. Inshallah, we will look at that uh, next time.
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, we, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us to be here, to be reading this, to be benefiting from this. May Allah reward the author abundantly uh, for the, what he has opened up uh, to us and for all of those who have allowed this to come to us uh, today so that we can refine our understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and become better believers. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, allow us, uh, to enable us even more to do the good deeds. Uh, and uh, we suffice with the fact that we've been able to do them. And we thank Allah for doing them. And then he'll give us more because we should do shukr for that. وَآخِرُ الدَّعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام وتبارك يا ذو الجلال والاكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا اله الا انت سبحانك انا كنا من الظالمين اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اهدنا واهدي بنا واجعلنا هداة لمن اهتدى الله فقد وسلس والله يو ار ذا جريتست and only Lord for us, there are no doors open besides your door. Oh Allah, there is nobody else, there is nothing else that we can turn towards. Oh Allah, for solutions to this world's problems. Oh Allah, grant us the insight. Oh Allah, that which has been discussed today. Oh Allah, we ask that you grant us that insight, that light that takes us away from the various different darknesses that we have immersed ourselves into and grant us the light and grant us the illumination that is required for us to be successful. Oh Allah, we thank you. Oh Allah, we are so grateful that you have put us on this path. You have allowed us to be here. You have allowed us to listen to this and benefit from this. Oh Allah, reward those who have facilitated this for us, the authors and the scholars and our mashayikh, all the way up to the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Send you abundant blessings on him. Send you abundant mercies on him, ya Allah. And O oh Allah, make us also worthy of this. O oh Allah, we thank you abundantly for this. And we ask that you grant us more of this. O oh Allah, that is more than sufficient as a recompense. O oh Allah, it is not even a recompense. It is just what we do. It is just what we have to do. And you've allowed us to do it. O oh Allah, the fact that you've allowed us to do it. Uh, we take that as you honoring us. And O oh Allah, we are so thankful for this honor. We, f we hope and we pray that we can that you give us the tawfiq to undertake this honor and this activity in the correct way, in the right way, and to you forgive us our shortcomings. Oh Allah, we are defective, we are da'if, we are weak. Oh Allah, this is how you have created us. And oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us our weakness and our uh, defectiveness. Oh Allah, that you accept from us whatever little that we can do. Oh Allah, that you accept this little we can do and you do not... Uh, let us squander this effort and this uh, this opportunity that you have given us. Oh Allah, pray ask you to uh, allow us to uh, go through this world in the right way and to strengthen our cause and allow us to do what is right and see what is right and see what is wrong and choose what is right and what is the most truthful thing and to stick by it on our principles and make it easy for us. And oh Allah, do not make this difficult for us. Oh Allah, protect us and our families and our progenies. Oh Allah, grant us that wilaya, grant us your care. Oh Allah, grant us your care, grant us your care. Oh Allah, we have nobody else who can care for us. There is no one who can care for us. Only you can care for us. Make us of the salihin that you have undertaken to take care of. Oh Allah, and our families and our progenies until the day of judgment. Oh Allah, keep them on the straight path. Keep them on the straight path. And Oh Allah, we ask that on the day of judgment, allow us to rise and we are looking forward to meeting you. 
I know Allah that you are happy with us when we meet you. I know Allah your Prophet Muhammad does not turn his face away from us and that we are able to drink from his hands and in that we are able to fulfill every sunnah of his in this life. Oh Allah make that facilitated for us. Oh Allah accept from us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifuna wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam, and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.